You know, we came in and Dr. Ongedi is the one that my brother worked with and she ended up being one of my professors here. So that was so great how that turned out. I have the utmost respect for her. But she had my brother talking within one session. I don't know if other places could do that. You know, if that person can impact my life in this way from this institution, that's where I want to go. Welcome, everyone, to the latest episode of The Way Podcast, the official podcast of the College of Health Sciences here at the University of Kentucky. I'm Ryan Clark, the Director of Communications, and today I am joined by a special guest uh, who is here to help bring to you another great story from here uh, in our college. Please say hello to Bernadette Cortez. Bernadette, introduce yourself. Hello, yes, my name is Bernadette. I am the Director of Recruitment for the college and I'm so glad to be here. Bernadette heard this like really cool thing that we were doing that was going on <laughs> called The Way Podcast. I was like, can I hop in on there because I'm really good at talking. <laughs> and yeah, I just I, had to be a part of it. Which I agree with, by the way. I think you <laughs> are very good at talking. And, and we have a really cool guest uh, this this month for for people uh, who aren't aware, every month we bring to you some of the best movers and shakers, students, faculty, staff, alumni, friends of the college to you um, who just have great stories, right? Yes, I, I'm i always wanted to be a part of it. Every time I'm just like, oh my God, ask this question or oh my God, that is so fascinating. How, uh -huh. how does that work? How did she get here? So I'm really, I'm excited. So this time really in honor of uh commencement which we actually just held last week uh so it's coming a little bit after this we we talked to this person as she was leading up to her graduation we still think it's timely and we think she's awesome and we think it's great to to focus on this um kristen maynard who is a graduate student here in our uh, communication sciences disorders department and she is a speech pathology so well, actually now she's a graduate, I should say that, right? Yeah, so she is. <laughs> like she, that is her. That is what she does now. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> and so one of the things that we find so endearing about this story and why we think y'all are gonna like it out there in audience land is that um, Kristen, unlike most of us, always knew what she wanted to do, right? Yes, and I think that is so cool. I mean, she talks about it how she was young and I'm talking about young to decide that's what she wants to do when I'm still, you know, riding my bike or learning how to do that, my numbers and colors and stuff. And she's like, this is what I want to do when I grow up. I was fascinated by that. Right, right. And she'll, <laughs> talk, about, she'll, she'll talk about that a little bit. And then, uh, so, I mean, basically she was always, always surrounded by professionals who were helping her family in some way overcome some kind of speech challenges that, that they had. And, uh, and and there were teachers in her family and then it just kind of made sense that at some point she was gonna head down this road and she talks a little bit about that. Uh, you know, one of the things too that we talk about a lot in our college is our mission. And, you know, without saying it verbatim, it's, it's, it's you know, something like we wanna help um, ensure the, the best health for all the people in our, in our Commonwealth. And this is somebody who really, really is leading that that charge, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think every time I hear these, I'm just like, we need more people like this person right. out there in the world. And then the other thing too, is that when you hear this, you're like, 
this is another great representative of the people that we have here. You know, it's like, we need more of these people out in the world. Well, let's just look to the College of Health Sciences because mm -hmm. this is where they are. You yeah. know, this is where those people are going to be. So um, without further ado, should we uh, get to it? Yes. Let um, give the people what they want. Once more, a thanks to you for hopping on here. And, yes. uh, and then let's get to Kristen Maynard and let's learn a little bit about uh, her journey and then where she's going. Yes, let's do it. So... One of the things that I try to ask everybody when we're when we're doing any kind of interview, especially with students, is how they got interested. You're going to be graduating with a degree in speech pathology. Yes. Uh, I assume that there's a story behind that. How mm -hmm. you got interested in it? Um, tell us now how. You, uh, let us know how you got started down that path. Yeah. So I feel like speech pathology as a whole is a lot like a mystery field. Like not a lot of people know about it. Um, in my case, it's total opposite. Growing up, I had a lot of exposure to it in a lot of different varieties. So myself, I went to speech therapy in elementary school for articulation, speech sounds. Couldn't say my R's, my K's, that sort of thing. And then my younger brother, when he was in like middle schoolish, he hit puberty and he just totally lost his voice and we went to, my mom took him to doctor's offices and everything, and they all said that he would have to have some sort of surgery. They didn't know what was wrong. And then she took him to a speech pathologist here at UK, and at the end of their 30-minute session, she had him talking, making a voice. And I mean, that's miraculous in and of itself. And then my grandma had cancer for a long time and lost her ability to swallow, so she had dysphagia and an SLP, a speech language pathologist, would come to the house and work on her with her memory and her cognition and swallowing. So from a young age, as early as, you know, first grade, I got to see what speech therapists could make a difference, how, you know, how influential and important they are. So you got to see that. Mm -hmm. Was there anything then that led you to think, this is what I want to do when I grow up? Or... You know, was there any other kind of moment or was there any kind of time where you realized, oh, this is what I want to do? Mm -hmm. So obviously those experiences opened my eyes to what the field was and what it could do. In late middle school, um, early college, all throughout college, I did some shadowing um, at elementary schools and middle schools within Pike County. And that was my favorite part. Like I would go... Um, on breaks, like when I was, had breaks at college and the middle school still was in session, I would go and that's where I wanted to spend all my time. And I realized that if I love just watching this person do this career so much, it's probably for me. So I think it takes someone very special to first off work in the healthcare field. I mean, it takes somebody who wants to help people. Mm -hmm. And I think it takes somebody very special to want to work with, say, children. Uh, are, are both of these passions that you have, is that, some, is that where you see yourself going? It is. Um, for a few years there, I considered not doing speech pathology, and in that sense, I was going to teach. So still really, you know, just pouring into kids and their futures. So there's something in you that wants to give back, and that also specifically wants to give back to young people. Absolutely, yes. Always been that way? Yeah. No way to describe it, just your... Nope, just my mom was a teacher, 
My sister is a teacher. They're both very outpouring, supportive, loving. I think that just kind of tricked on down to me. That's super cool. So uh, we get where the love for helping others and speech pathology comes from now. What we have to ask is why UK? Um, I've been a Cats fan since the beginning. There's pictures of me before I can walk in, you know, overalls with the UK logo. Um, my dad is a UK graduate. I have several aunts and cousins who went to UK. I've bled blue my entire life. It was an easy choice. And then on top of that, you see a specialist a doctor from UK. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Who's actually helping your family. Absolutely. So I guess all of that kind of piles on together and you're like, yeah. well, I mean, could you see yourself going anywhere else? Not a chance. Yeah. You know, we came in and um, Dr. Ongedi is the one that my brother worked with and she ended up being one of my professors here. So that was... So great how that turned out. I have the utmost respect for her. Um, but she had my brother talking within one session, you know, and I don't know if other places could do that. You know, if that person can impact my life in this way from this institution, that's where I want to go. So the other thing I think I was just thinking about it kind of logically. Mm -hmm. uh, now I want to know you're, you're here, you're <laughs> living, you're doing what you wanted to do at the place where you want to do mm -hmm. it then you also see this other opportunity, something called telehealth. Mm -hmm. Did you know what that was and why did you get involved in it? Let us know. All right, so my first kind of exposure to telehealth was when the whole COVID pandemic happened and you know we went online classes and people started doing telehealth visits and phone calls. So that's kind of when I learned about it. And then I learned that there was a certificate here so I could go and learn more about it and be able to do like provide that service myself. And I talked to the leader of the telehealth certificate and we talked privately in her office for quite a while, just digging into what it was, what it meant and what it can do. So after speaking with her, I decided to go forward in this certificate. So educate us a little bit. You can reach back <laughs> into, that, into that memory. Tell us what is telehealth? Okay, so it's just being able to provide evaluations, services, therapy, that sort of thing through a virtual platform. So it could be a lot of people use Zoom, where it's like synchronous audio video conference calls, um, but you can even do something called store and forward. So it's kind of like you take a picture and you send it. So that picture is like stored and it has to be, you know, in a HIPAA compliant device or area because you have to still follow all the you know, privacy and security medical things. Um, but you can even do phone calls, just anything that's a virtual online platform. That leads into what I was gonna ask next. So I can get on Zoom mm -hmm. and I can get on Zoom with my family member or whatever and I can say, oh, that looks like, you need to do that. I could, am I doing telehealth when I do that? I assume not that there's actually a uh, guideline and rules and things mm -hmm. like this that you need. There's a reason why there is an educational certificate for this. Uh, tell me, tell me about that. Tell me what I, I can't just go on there and do telehealth, right? Yeah. So you know, being honest before the certificate, I kind of thought the same thing. Like I can log on, you know, tell somebody how to move their tongue in the right place to make a sound. 
Um, Telehealth. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, in a way, yes, but there's so much more that goes into it. Um, there's so much more planning and things that you have to think through and boxes to check off to provide like adequate telehealth. And I think a lot of people think that, oh, I'll get on Zoom. Some therapy is better than no therapy. Some is better than this. But if it's not accurate and it's not right, then it's not better. You know, if you're not giving good, accurate evaluations, then you might misdiagnose somebody. And going through this certificate and being able to figure out what is the most ethical, best legal way to provide this service or to provide, administer this evaluation, you get those more accurate results. Was there anything that surprised you when you were taking the certificate, when you were doing the certificate work? Was there anything that you were like, oh, I wouldn't have thought about that? Or that is interesting to know. Mm -hmm. Is there any, just anything specific we can pull out? If not, that's not a big deal, but I was just wondering. Yeah, um, so planning in itself, because I feel like when you're doing an in-person session, you can just grab the next item, any, anything near you, and just kind of go with it. Um, telehealth, you have to prepare and plan and prepare and plan again before you get on. Because you can't just grab the object sitting next to you and work it into some therapeutic activity. You have to prepare and have that virtually and know how you're going to keep the client's attention, how you're going to do all of this. Um, they're either, it even comes down to fonts and colors and ways that, you know, if I'm, gonna, if I'm working with an adult and I have to test if they can hold a pen and write a sentence, how am I going to do that with them over there? You know, when, when you're in person, you don't think about that thing. But on, online, you have to think through every little question, every little topic. It almost reminds me of, you know, being in college, especially, you know, for me, graduate school, but when you are going to take an online class. Mm -hmm there is a perception that that online class will be easier because it's online and you mm -hmm. don't have to go and you have to meet up. And I think sometimes what you realize is, is because you're not face to face and because you're not in, in that environment, that it becomes more difficult. Mm -hmm. and that it actually causes more work. And it sounds like you're telling me the exact same thing because the preparation and the research that goes into it that's telehealth. That's, mm -hmm. that's like preparing for stuff that you can't just solve when you're mm -hmm. in person. Absolutely. And if you think about it, when you're talking, like we're talking right now, we're kind of feeding off each other's body language, talking with our hands. You don't get that in telehealth. You have to really read into those cues that you can see and go over every bit of information you can think of because you can't just walk next door and ask that person. You know, they could be cities, hours, maybe even states away. And so you really have to think about how am I going to give this service in this way that's beneficial to them, still gets my point across, but is all ethical. Communication becomes so much more It does. Important. It is, yes. And specifically verbal, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, With that lack of body language, you really have to what are you do? Yep, focus so on what they say and look like. We've talked a little bit uh, before this about the timing. Mm -hmm. of telehealth. So one of the things that I was wondering is, and if we didn't say this before, let's say it again, but why you thought it was important to take this certificate? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we just had the COVID pandemic where the world pretty much stopped, you know, and everything went online. Everything went virtual, whether it was school, I mean, even grocery shopping, you did it online and picked it up. Um, everything was virtual and online. 
And some of that has decreased, some of that has declined. You know, stores opened back up, school opened up, doctor's office opened up, but telehealth hasn't gone anywhere. You know, it's still an option, it's still right there for you to use, utilize and take advantage of, and I don't see it going anywhere. I feel like, too, it's important to mention, especially being from Pikeville, although Pikeville's a lot bigger than some other cities mm -hmm. that we have farther, farther east, but there are a lot of towns in this state you know, forget about the region, forget about whatever, but in our state, there are a lot of towns where it's hard for people to get to their primary care folks Absolutely. Or, or their their folks where they mm -hmm. might have to go to do their therapy and things Absolutely. like that. Um, I mean, you you come from the heart of, of an example of that. Mm -hmm. And does that mean something to you to be able to now call yourself an expert in something that I think is going to help a lot of people around the region. Yeah, absolutely. I know people in Pikeville that drive the two and a half, three hours to get services in UK for speech therapy. Um, and that's just heartbreaking. You know, not everyone has that opportunity. So a lot of people just go without. And, you know, I, that community poured so much into me. You know, I was there from my entire childhood until I went for college and I still go back all the time. That's where all my family lives. And, you know, they've just poured so much into me. It's the least I can do to pour a little bit back. Provide that service to those people, you know, that raised me. So that leads us into Saturday's the big day. Yes. And congratulations again. Thank you. Thank you. You will be then going off into the real world. Mm-hmm. Where, like you say, you get to kind of give back a little bit now. Yeah. I assume you want to stay somewhere in the region, somewhere in the state, something like that. But what is, what's the goal? Uh, I know you're, you're interviewing a little bit. What's the goal and what do you want to do and take us from there? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I graduate on Saturday. So this part of my life is pretty much coming to a stop. My educational career is about to completely switch and my professional career is about to begin. Um, so definitely want to be a pediatric speech language pathologist. You know, we've kind of talked about, I just have a passion for helping kids. And, you know, I, last, last September or last semester, we kind of worked on like a telehealth program. Like hypothetically, if we were to create one, what would it look like? And I made mine a hybrid feeding model. And so speech therapists can also provide feeding therapy for um, children who have oral aversions, who don't like to put things in their mouth, who have trouble swallowing, things like that. And then the telehealth aspect of that was hybrid. So eventually I would like to, you know, put that into application and work with that somewhere. So I would see them in clinic, in a hospital one day a week, teach them how to do it, model it for them in person, ask questions. And then the next session would be at home in their natural environment with their resources. So they can, you know, use that telehealth aspect to see how it would work in real life. Because I feel like a lot of strategies, when you go somewhere to a clinic or a hospital, it's hard to carry over those strategies and generalize them to other contexts. But with that telehealth, you're in, potentially in your home where that'll happen every day. That sounds awesome. <laughs> uh, it just sounds like it's right, that's exactly what you need to be doing, you know? Uh, so uh, to wrap up, I'll just ask you one other thing. Uh, Maybe two things. Okay. <laughs> one thing, what are you going to miss the most, specifically about the telehealth certificate, about going through that? What are you going to miss mm -hmm. the most about that? 
Um, definitely that's just the camaraderie of the class. We met for two and a half hours every Tuesday. And it was, I mean, it was a lot of work. It was hard work, but so much better. Like I know so much more now than I did going in. Things that I couldn't have even thought of. And we actually met today in person, my whole, my whole, like the people graduating with that certificate. And it was the first time we had met in person. And it was just like we had known each other forever. You know, we just, we get to catch up on what you're eating for dinner that night, if you got a job, who got engaged, all sorts of things. Um, just a common group of people coming together, you know, sacrificing two and a half hours of their week to learn about this because everyone knows how important it is. So the last thing that I, I tend to ask people, really this is everybody, this is a kind of question for everybody, but uh, you know, I say you're, you're going to be out in the community, you're going to be mm -hmm. working, you're going to be doing your thing. More often than not, more likely than not, you're going to have a high school student come up to you mm -hmm. and say, I want to do what you're doing. How do I do that? And I want to know what's your pitch to them about coming to UK, about speech pathology, about uh, CSD, about taking the telehealth certificate. Mm -hmm. what, do you, what do you say to them about those opportunities? Yeah, um, we know I was right in that kid's shoes. I was a high schooler who wanted to do this. So I can just really relate to them and tell them about, you know, the great program UK has. Tell them the stories I have of the miraculous workers here, but the miraculous program here, and how dedicated these people are to just helping the community, others, you know, and not even like the UK family, but within the community of Lexington and the Commonwealth as a whole. It's our mission, right? Mm -hmm. Just to it help is. improve the overall health care of uh, the Commonwealth. It is. Uh, it's been a real pleasure. Thank uh, you. Happy I to be here. So there you have it. That's Kristen Maynard, another amazing person from here in the College of Health Sciences. And I, I mean, I, I just couldn't be more pleased with how that one turned out. Burn, I just thought she was an amazing representative of our college. Oh yes, it was very hard for me to kind of like sit back and like watch the professional at work and not try to jump in with any questions myself. But I, I just think it's so cool to have so it makes me so proud to be here at UK to know that yeah. these are the types of students we're sending out there. I I, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the one thing that we that we really wanted to focus on too was the certificate in telehealth. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that really separates us from our competitors is we are the experts in telehealth. We we had it before COVID. We were telling everybody how to do it before then. And we're still telling everybody how to do it now. And you, as we've talked about, you can't just get on Zoom and play doctor mm -hmm. and learn how to diagnose people over Zoom. It's so much more than that. Mm -hmm. I want to give that plug for our telehealth program and how important it is and how cool it is that she was participating in that. Yeah, and going, like just taking graduate classes and working on a certificate doing more on top of what she's already doing but i think she did she quote we should have so you do not like misdiagnose people that's the huge yeah. thing right there and you know the other thing too is like things that i we know that we've talked about that i wouldn't have normally thought about is that the technology aspect of it the communication mm -hmm. part of it there's so much more that goes into telehealth than just turning on your computer and seeing a face and uh that's why it's important for people to know. And it's never, and you know, we try to hit this home 
it's never been more important than now. Mm-hmm. You know, people are people are doing this now, especially in the area in which we live, when it's very difficult for people to get to primary care providers. And uh, so anyway, our plug for telehealth, uh, if you're interested in that, this is where you need to be. Well, yeah, uh, and her class, she had her model she created in class as a project and now she wants to bring that to fruition so she wants to have this hybrid telehealth in person and it's just like oh my gosh like that helped you decide this is what you want to do in a program you want to bring to populations i think it's just awesome and the other thing too was that she wants to focus on a really special clientele right Mm -hmm. yeah i (laughs) so Every time I'm somewhere and there's always like children or moms you kind of know, oh my God, they're hungry or oh my gosh. I'm just like, how do you know that? Like it's a mom sense or something, but she's wanting to work with children who might have difficulty expressing themselves. Patients that can't communicate um, or even express their feelings or symptoms, what's happening. Um, it's frustrating when you can't say something either it's at the tip of your tongue as an adult and I'm just like oh my god what am I trying to say as children it's so frustrating to not be able to get that thought out and she this is the population she wants to work with she and wants to, she wants to go out and she wants to make a difference yes and, and that's going to immediately help somebody in whatever community is lucky enough to be able to hire her so oh a hundred percent because not only are you working with those children you're working as an slp with families so you're helping parents understand helping parents also be calm and level-headed in certain situations that might also frustrate them like just being able to help everybody in a family not just one person you're helping an entire family i think is great and if it's not another plug to come to UK, she had her brother's doctor helped him speak is a professor here teaching her classes. So the professor slash doctor that helped her brother is here teaching her to become that same provider for somebody else's brother. I thought, ugh. I mean, come on. <laughs> what? This is the commercial, right? Yeah, for real. I was just like, me, myself, I'm just like, oh my gosh, that is so cool. It is. It's really, really neat. And that's, <sighs> it's one of the reasons why we wanted to bring this story to you all out in, uh, out in uh, audience land, who, who is so nice to follow us. We appreciate you. And uh, we want to continue to do this, Burn. It was awesome for you to be able to drop in. Yes, thank you for help. having me. If you ever, you know, need somebody else, I'm, I'm available. These are great. I love I think, this. I think that might be a good idea. So, yeah. uh, so everybody, uh, please keep joining us. Uh, like and subscribe, and all of those good things wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Remember, this is The Way Podcast, the official podcast of the College of Health Sciences here in the University of Kentucky. I'm Ryan Clark, and we're signing off, but we're going to bring you some more great stories uh, to come all throughout the summer. And then maybe you might be hearing from Burn a little bit later on here. I sure hope so. Fingers crossed. Thanks, everybody. We appreciate it. This has been The Way Podcast, the official podcast of the University of Kentucky's College of Health Sciences. The Way is written and produced by Ryan Clark, Bernadette Cortez, Sam Reynolds, and Will Hieronymus. Join us next month for another episode of The Way, brought to you by UK's College of Health Sciences, your gateway to the health professions.